Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host as usual. This is our series where we get uh, people who mean quite a bit to society with the works that they do. And today we're honored to have one of the PDR Posse <laughs> members, Tom Sarnik. Did I say your name right, Tom? Always right, Zarnik. Yeah, some, right, some people Tom. say Charnik, but Zarnik is the way I use it, right? All right, well, welcome as usual to Politics and Right, Tom. Um, how are you doing today, first of all? Okay, just fine. I enjoyed your show, and uh, you covered a lot of territory, and that was interesting with uh, going from low, uh, domestic politics to international politics, all, uh, all, all the way in, around the world. In all one, in one, one sweep. But yep. today, we're not even going to take domestic or, or whatever. We're going to be talking yeah. about uh, you releasing another book. I mean, <laughs> first of all, how many books have you written? Well, I, I've got five published, and, but I have at least five more that I want to get out there. I've been writing my whole life, uh, and especially the last 50 years, probably. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I like writing every day. I write about politics but I write also stories and plays and poems and so I have a lot of fun with that and then just within the last uh, eight months or so my brother encouraged me to start publishing he, he told me about uh, the Amazon uh, Kindle KDP. Yeah. KDP and also Kindle Create which is the mm -hmm. app and I learned how to do that because I, I, I have a little bit of computer background I worked in data base uh, development in accounting and I so I figured it out, and uh, and it was a lot of fun, uh, especially have fun doing the covers, but but uh, also putting pictures within the the text, and it's been it's just been kind of an adventure. I, I really not looking to uh, you know make a killing on it or uh, for fame and fortune. I, I just want to get it out there. But it, it's uh, you know you get older and you start thinking you know what am I leaving behind, right? And, uh, and I liked and I like the idea of making a difference in the world and. I'm not sure this does, but some some people like it. Some people have bought it. Some some have uh, I've given a, a lot of books away, uh, and so it's it's kind of a break even process. Well, it, it's interesting because um, you've been a, a a member of our show for a long time now, the PDR Posse, and yeah, you know years. I just came about learning about your writing after you you would you would all put limericks in our feed all of the times and. I always get a kick out of reading them with some sort of an emotion. Yeah, or, I enjoy, I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I like to read your limericks because they, they're always present and make sense with whatever politics we're talking about or whatever subject we're talking about. Why don't you? Yeah. I don't. I, I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Why don't you uh, give me the limerick that you did today? If, if you don't have it, I I can read it. Well, there's one. I don't know if you read it or not. Um, uh, there's. I gave the one about Trump. And being in court, you read that one. But this, the second one, I and it's funny, I wrote this yesterday on a bike ride. I was riding a bike in the neighborhood and I was thinking about the war in, uh, in uh, Israel and uh, between uh, Netanyahu and Hamas and all that. And so I wrote this poem in my head and I kind of fine tune it when I got home. So it's called, it's, it's, it's not really a, a traditional limerick. It kind of has some internal rhyme. It says, Netanyahu, look above you. Do you see the rocket's red glare? Hear explosions, raw emotions, bombs bursting everywhere. Gaza's son, Gaza daughter, like Israeli children led to slaughter. Netanyahu, look around you, feel their pain, show you care. That's what I'm talking about, folks. That's what I'm talking about. 
Uh, that says everything. He uses the Star Spangled Banner, right? Our our anthem, <laughs> and then he places it onto sort of a an injustice that is occurring, yeah. Based on another injustice that have occurred. I mean, and that's why I like your limericks because it they're generally profound. In other words, it's not <laughs> just words for the sake of words but they all have a meaning and, and lucky for me generally when you put your limericks out there i pick it up right away and i'm pretty sure yeah, a lot like of people it. Like pick it. it up right away so yeah and they're, they're not, always, not always great sometimes they're better some are better i thought this one's a little better because it had a little more depth to it but i just enjoy writing and and sometimes poetry comes out sometimes prose sometimes it comes out in a story or a play or something and I, I, we talked about this at, at, at Ask Aberto uh, on Saturday, and I, I tried to stress that when we talked about addiction and how in our country we've got problems with people taking drugs and you know alcohol and just uh, not not participating much in life, being depressed, um, you know. And I just think, wow, you know, maybe we all need to be addicted to something, but it should be something good. And I, and I have found that by writing and creating art that uh, that's kind of my thing. It's kind of my addiction. It gets me away from the TV set. It gets me away to, you know, thinking blue thoughts. It's, it's, every day can be a, a wonderful day if you can get up and create something. So uh, that's what I would encourage people to do is, you know, find your passion and, and do that. Even if you're working a job you don't like, you know, that's, you have to do that sometimes for a living. And, some people think, well, I have if I'm going to be a poet or a, a writer, I have to make a living at it. You don't have to do that. You can draw, you can write, you can do anything creative. Even in science, there's a lot of creativity. And, and do that as a hobby. Do that as something that gets you up in the morning. And then you go to work and you can think about it even at work in between things. I did a lot. I snuck in a lot of writing while I was working uh, in between, took a break, and I'd jot down a few notes or something, and that would keep me going. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself, first of all, because um, uh, you came to our program, uh, Politics Done Right. You know, you kind of just showed up at the program and you became one of our most active um, participants that always had something to move the discussion forward. What's your background? Well, I, I actually, it's kind of strange because I was studied to be a priest um, <laughs> way back you know, 50 some years ago, and I dropped out of the seminary, but uh, really got me into writing and thinking about things deeply. I took philosophy and English in college. Uh, as part, that was a part of our program to, for, to, in the seminary. And then I went one year beyond the theology and I said, that's it, I'm not gonna do this because it just got boring. And, and it was all the things about celibacy and there was all this issues about the church was you know, demanding so much it was becoming more conservative even at that time. And I thought, well, I'll see what life has. I got drafted uh, right out of that. And I went uh, two years in the army, uh, but I was a conscientious objector. So even then I, I got, I, I decided I was not gonna carry a gun or, or you know, kill anybody in, in Vietnam. And I got, I, so I went into the medical corps. I, I was in the x-ray and got out of that uh, uh, with an honorable discharge. and. Fortunately, then I was hired by the Veterans Administration, but not in the medical corps. I was, I was just a, a benefits counselor and ended up eventually in, a, in accounting. Um, so uh, that kind of got me, when I retired, I, I got into uh, working for a, a private company as a 
their accountant. And, I, and on my own, I learned uh, uh, database development. And uh, so I, and I was always a student, even in, when I was working for the VA, I was always trying to learn something new. So I was trying to learn, uh, you know, coding and everything else. And I, and I got it. So that became a second career for me. And then I just, within the last 10 years, retired from that. So I started picking up my writing again. But even between all that, I was writing all the time. But within the last five years or so, I really kind of got more into it. And when COVID hit, uh, we were so isolated. I, I actually wrote uh, two plays uh, in the last couple of years, uh, This Castle of Cards and uh, the, uh, the Marx Brothers one I wrote, and then another one, which I haven't published yet, um, which is, I think, one of the best ones. It's, it's, it's called Hans Holbein and the Dance of Death. And I'm really looking forward to publishing that one because that that has a lot of pictures and art, and it's it's kind of an art education play, but it's also a play about uh, the life of Hans Holbein, who's a very interesting artist from the uh, 1500s, and uh, that was uh, a lot of fun. So that that's kind of a, I've had kind of a weird background when it comes to um, you know getting into this, but politics has always been in kind of the back of my mind, and when I ran across your program. And I can't remember exactly how that happened. I think I was going on YouTube looking for something and I, and I saw, wow, what this looks interesting. So I, I started participating in it and really liked about the, the, the interaction part of it. The fact that, you know, you're not just throwing a comment out there, but you're, you're actually reading them and you're, and you're interacting with them. And then the ask Alberto was really great because I could talk to you directly. So, you know, politics has always been kind of in the back of my mind and even in a lot of my writings, like this one, The Castle of Cards, which is the latest, I, I added a, a scene and I'm working on another one for another edition of it, but uh, where uh, an archbishop and a, and a governor are, are discussing uh, the current events that are going on about abortion and, and uh, different uh, moral choices that you have. And it, it just kind of flows from in between things. So it, there's, there's a lot of poetry, there's a lot of uh, philosophy, which is my background, and, and I'm also thinking of literature. I like plays. We go to plays, and that's another thing. I think I like writing plays the best because it's it do, it doesn't require a lot of description and a, a lot of internal monologue. You can just show what you're watching. Right. And I like love that the best because it's what's going to be acted out on TV or what's going to be acted out yeah, on stage yeah, or, yeah, or, or yeah. where it's the yeah, you don't have I'm, to create the background. Right. And I'm always thinking that I think I'm very visual that way. And, and so I'm trying to uh, picture when I'm writing, I'm trying to figure out how would how would this look on stage and how are the characters act and what are they dressed like? And, you know, what is the interaction and where's the plot going and how does it end? And it's, it, it's all it's just and I, that's one thing I, I would encourage anybody to do if you just do it, you know, just if you have an idea for writing or creating a painting or something just play around with it and do it, stick with it. And you'll, you'll be surprised what you come up with. And even if it's not great, the process is what's wonderful. And it's, it makes you feel alive. You know, yesterday uh, when we had, or, or Saturday when we had, or asking Berto anything, what I, one of the reasons that I, I, you know, I think I told you, man, we need to get, get, get people to hear some of what you had to say. And, and this is what I'm talking about. First of all, uh, addiction. If we could right. sort of migrate our addiction to something that is positive, you've done that with your writing. Uh, also, the, the idea of whatever it is that you do tied into what's occurring today, it, it makes a lot of sense. Like 
like you've just mentioned, these these plays that you write, you found you've you've always found a way to re weave in today's reality within your play that just somehow seems to give it context. The limerick that you just read, uh, you know, where, where you took, a, you know, a Star Spangled Banner and you right. tied it into the what's, I mean, those those are great machinations that others can kind of learn from and and start to see that these kinds of things makes a make make a difference and. Uh, when you urge people on to say, look, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to leave your job to start your passion. Uh, right. You don't have, you know, you can actually start your passion even while working, which right. I think it's an important thing. And it, it, it makes your life me. And you, you hit a good point, the, the make a difference thing, because I always think of MAD, you know, make a difference. Mm -hmm. But if you don't make a difference, you can go MAD, you can go mad. Exactly. Life will just drive you crazy because you'll think, oh, what, what am I doing? Just every day getting up, going to work, coming home, watching TV or whatever. And it just becomes boring. And I, I, I just couldn't stand that. And I just, that's one way I found to make life more meaningful and to try to make a difference. So uh, people have different ways of doing it. I mean, I, I can understand somebody saying, well, I don't have any talent. Well, everybody's got some talent and even may your, may your talent may be in helping people directly, you know, maybe, you know, just going to a nursing home or, you know, or going and being involved in, in a political campaign or something. You, you can always do something beyond your job and get, you know, have your passion in that. So I just hope people, you know, more and more people do that and they don't feel discouraged by what's going on in the world. Well, you know, um, with people like you around and, you know, having you uh, always there commenting in our program, having you at the Ask Egberto Anything, being a, 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 an active participant, uh, I think you bring a lot of positive energy to wherever it is that you go. And I think that is really, really important. Uh, you, you know, this it, it is sort of um, uh, contagious. And I think if more of us became more contagious with just the way we are, we don't all have we don't all have to fall for that tale about hating everybody, which is something right. that you bring, liking folk, just coming out there and trying to find the good in every single person. Something that I've watched you do in every platform that you know that we've we've all participated in. So tell us a little about uh, before we go here, um, the name of your books and how can folks get to your book and of course i'm going to have the links to your books in the in the blog for this post as well yes well i've got like i said the five of them out there right now the latest one is called castle of cards and then i've got uh four others Let's see if i can get them all up here on the oh, screen I, I have them up so i can i can call them out yeah, there's castle the of cards yeah, the secret life of paladin now that's a, uh, i i had probably the hardest book to write but it was the most fun <laughs> I, I don't know if people are familiar with uh, Paladin from the uh, old TV series, Have Gun, Will Travel. See, I, I grew up in the 50s and 60s. And uh, that was one of the things that I liked because Paladin was a cowboy, uh -huh. uh, Richard Boone, who was a philosopher. And he was a literary, he read literature, but he was also a gun gunslinger. <laughs> so I wrote this story about him, but it's kind of a, a weird story because it, it, it talks about both Richard Boone and Paladin. So that the character, there's two two elements going on here. The the character of Richard Boone, the actual actor, is is thinking about the, his character, and he's writing a story called The Secret Life of Paladin, which this book is about. And so the characters are combined, and they go back and forth, and they communicate with each other. But it's also about 
nonviolence and you know, and it's about guns. It's a lot about guns, and 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 I don't want to spoil the ending, but there's a resolution about what the gun is, and it becomes something more than what people think it is. And there's a big discussion about you know what what we do about all this violence, and this is in the context of the story that that goes it goes back in the '60s, but it even goes back in the 1800s when the cowboys were around. So. That's why I had fun with it. There was a, there's a lot of references to philosophy and religion in it, and some people might find it too deep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that I, I have to uh, be concerned about. I, I don't I don't write for the, you know the regular person. It's not like a western, like a Zane Grey right. story. It's, it's 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 there's a lot of philosophy, and so it may not every be everybody's cup of tea. But again, something I really wanted to do and enjoyed. It's got a lot of pictures in it too. It's a semi graphic novel. And then the Shirley you Joust, that was one I, I came out with not too long ago. That's that's a completely different type of thing. It's it's all Marx Brothers. Um, I, I I was studying. Uh, as I, I joke about. It, I said I, that was my summer that I studied Marx. <laughs> it was, but it wasn't Karl Marx. It was the Marx Brothers. The Marx Brothers. And I and I was reading all their scripts and and watching their movies and things. And I came up with this idea. Well, they never had one about uh, knights in the Middle Ages. I thought, well, I'll do one about that. So. I just kind of started writing it and I had a lot of fun with it. And I, I don't know if everybody will like it or not, but I, I just had a lot of fun with the jokes and things. And it's certainly not something that uh, would be acceptable today for the most part, because Groucho Marx was a, was a womanizer and, a, and he, and so was Harpo. And they, you know, there's a lot of this touching and grabbing and, right. uh, you know, t t double entendres and, you know, I'm sure that wouldn't be, wouldn't go over well, but again, it's something I just wanted to do when I did it. So then Hugh the Manatee, that was one of the first ones that I published. It's, uh, it's, it's based on the idea that Hugh Manatee, it's, uh, and I've seen other people try this too. So I'm not, it's not a completely original idea, but I was surprised to find that other people had published things called Hugh Manatee because they're playing on words, but it's mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. this animal. Humanity and yeah, humanity, the, the, right. yeah. And it's, it's kind of a adult uh, fable uh, I guess you could read it to children too, but it's more adult. It's about this humanity. Hugh the Manatee is trying to find himself and trying to figure out how to live. And it's he goes to all his friends, and some of the friends enjoy eating all the time, or playing all the time, or you know, fighting all the time. And he he's trying to find meaning in his life, and he ends up going to the the holy mackerel <laughs> and uh, finding uh, that he needs to go to the nothing atoll. To find himself, and uh, so there is. There's a lot of philosophy in it, and you know, there's a lot of uh, word play, play on words. Play on words, right? And I've I've had some good uh, comments on it. Some people have really liked it as a kind of a way of thinking about life. So it's it's another meditation. There's a, it's kind of written in a poem form. It's uh, so it's not uh, it's e fairly easy and fairly short. So it's something you know you might want to look at if you're interested in kind of philosophy. Then the patient sailor, and this is the this one I took a long time to write it. it well, it, it several years, and um, it's really kind of a fantasy about a, a, a captain on a sailboat who is a philosopher, and uh, I'm as an author am listening to this person talk about all their adventures, and I'm retelling stories that I've heard from the patient sailor, and then the philosophy of his life based on parts of the sailboat. So the mast is considered a connection to the divine, the waves are considered 
you know, going uh, across the ocean in life and the winds are emotions and the sail, sails are ways of, of catching creativity. It's, 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 you'd have to read it and, and, and it would probably be best if you knew a little something about sailing, but it, I try to break it down. There are pictures in the, in the book uh, showing different parts of the sailboat and, uh, and the stories a lot of times are independent of, of the actual sailing. I mean, they're, they're based on sailing, but there's a lot of fantasy. It's, it's more of a fable type book. And, it, and there's, again, a lot of philosophy and I'm hoping people enjoy it, but it's a deeper book. It's one that you don't just pick up and read in one sitting. Right. So, so, so those well, are the five, yeah. The five books. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I am, first of all, I'm glad that you uh, decided to come on because I really wanted to talk to you not only about the books that you write, but just your, the basic humanity that you display in both our chats and our uh, Ask Egberto programs where we where we talk real issues. You always bring right. that humanity to the issues. So um, you know what I always ask at the last, uh, uh, at the end of my my interview, so I hope you're prepared. I said, what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? Yeah, it's hard to, yeah, it's, I, I was anticipating kind of question. And, and I was writing, actually, I, one of the things I do, and, and, and I encourage people to do this, you know, I don't write all the time, but I'm always thinking about writing. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I would encourage people that, if, or, that want to get to start living the creative life, that you don't have to create something. It's the process. And even if you're just thinking, if you're thinking about something, you get a thought write it down. I have, I have a pad of paper next to my bed at, at night a little light, with a little light on it. I wake up at two in the morning and I think, oh, <laughs> I got to write that down. And I, and I, and I sometimes I spend a half an hour writing. Sometimes I spend just a few minutes. And then I wake up in the morning and I look, for, look at that pad and I said, did I write something last night? And I, and I go to my, and I, I certainly did. And there's, there it is. And I said, I'm glad I wrote that down. Sometimes it's just funny. You know, sometimes it's a joke or something. Sometimes it doesn't mean all that much. But it's fun. I just I was writing one of the things I wrote, and I'll, I'll read this. Uh, here's here's what I wrote the other night. I said we are all on death row, awaiting our execution day. The only choice choice we have now is how to use our remaining time. Do we count the hours left, distracting ourselves with amusements, or do we become better persons, helping other humans by relieving their suffering, creating art or inventions that enrich and improve life? for our fellow mortals. The main challenge for each of us is to live up to our potential by following your bliss, as Joseph Campbell said, and lose your life to save it, as Jesus said. So this, this kind of, again, one of the things I think about a lot is, you know, my life as I get older, and I, you know, we don't, we don't know how long we're gonna live, but I'm trying to do something that will help somebody or make a difference in somebody's life, either now or later. And that's kind of thing. I, I, in fact, I wrote this death thought down just last night. I said, my books are my tombstone. My writing is my epitaph. So, I mean, you just, this is my way of approaching it. Now, everybody might think, well, that's kind of morbid. But, uh, you know, think about it. Maybe it'll help you. Tom <laughs> Zarnik, I think we end it right there. Thank you so kindly. Thank you. For yeah, having been on Politics and Right. Thank you for inviting me. And I look forward to continue communicating and interacting with you in the year, months and years to come. Great, great job. Thank you. Bye now.
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.